Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. We just had a taste of the Instagram life. I want to be an influencer right now. (laughs) (laughs) So, a lot of you guys don't know, we are actually friends with Sarah Rav. And she, we actually did an interview with her, and she's an absolutely beautiful girl, very lovely girl as well, amazing personality, hardworking, and she invited us out for a lunch today. Mm-hmm. We went to, where did we go? Like a, a barbecue rib place? I think it was called American BBQ in Melbourne. It's called Bluestone. Check it out, guys. Mm. And what happened was that when we went there, because we got there a little bit earlier, about 15 minutes earlier, if you guys don't know that Sarah Rav is a juggernaut on Instagram, like she has 1.5 million Instagram mm-hmm. followers. There's literally cafes waiting to... To like when to book her to come in. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> she showed us a calendar oh, yeah. and she's like booked like three months in advance. True. Yeah. So we got there first and then they were like, oh, do you guys have a reservation? And we were like, oh, yeah, we do. But we didn't initially want to get a reservation. We just want to say, a oh, table for three, please, and just sit down as normal people. She's like, do you have a reservation? Like, oh, yeah, we do. She's like, under what name? And then uh, we were like, um, Sarah. And then as soon as she checked um, her schedule, she's like, okay, um, <laughs> hey, uh, you, you guys go sit down first and um, we'll get everything ready. And she started going towards the manager saying, they're here they're here and the whole kitchen got alerted and then she's like setting up tables and everything it's like where should they sit where should they sit and then later when Sarah got here they all came and was like hi guys they literally like came to the table to greet her (laughs) how crazy is that it's so much different than I guess we are normal people she's a normal person Mm -hmm. but it's like People of status gets a little bit more extra love, I guess. Yeah. And then they brought us just amazing food that we were eating. Well, like, okay, well, like, we got the menu. We're like, okay, we're just going to order, like, one of this. Which, like, we didn't know oh, how yeah, much we could order, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get this dish. You're like, I'm going to get this dish. And then Sarah was like, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to get a salad. Mm. And he was like, oh, no, 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 no. I, what I normally do is I normally, like, put a bit of everything. Mm. So, we're like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> he was like, do you, what do you guys bloggers want to do? Do you guys just let me, I can pick everything out for you and get one a bitch. <laughs> one of each from the menu we're mm-hmm. like uh, okay sure and he's like what about the drink do you guys want a cocktail too and we're like um and I was like I'll just get a Diet Coke please I was like I just want water <laughs> I don't know what I want I just want water but after we had a bit of a taste I can see why having that Instagram influential life is mm. pretty amazing it is amazing but remember it's not easy work you it's st- not like yep. literally because it's it is work for Sarah right yep. so we were there with her um, but we spent about oh, like 10 minutes like trying to take photos it wasn't that long it was quite easy 5, five, ten, five ten minutes but it is a lot of work. You, you don't see what goes on behind the scenes. That is true. Um, but we had to get a story, to get mm. a video, um, and then just get lots of photos yep. um, taken. But it was worth it. Like, worth it for the free food. A hundred percent. Hello, 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 and welcome to The Lemon Show, the show what millennials are talking about. My name is Tom Tan. And I'm Philip Cooch. Coming up today on the show, an essay talking about hiding shame in Asian families has the internet in tears. And why on earth is the Prime Minister of Australia tweeting about cricket instead of a catastrophic bushfires around the country? But first, how was your week, Phil? I had an awesome week. How was your week? Pretty good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you had last week. We were talking about a me- oh, yeah. men's music break de- mental breakdown. As you can you- see by my hair, I did shave it. Pretty short. You did. So crisis averted, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All good now. All good. Yeah. Um, I had two photo shoots this week because um, it was Black Friday. Was that for your donut store? Yeah, Black Friday yesterday. So mm. we we're getting all of our Christmas collection ready. We've got like 
10 new items out, guys. Check it out, www.goldilux.com.au. But yeah, like two photo shoots, pretty crazy. We're already planning photo shoots for... Um, like a concert photo shoot for January and next month we're doing February which is insane like for two months advance in ahead wow wait, wait, we're ready good. for Valentine's Day yeah so next next month we're going to be shooting for Valentine's Day so we're trying to get ahead of schedule, schedule yeah. my goodness yeah. well for me we bought a new fridge yesterday congratulations <laughs> you, need, you. you need a new fridge because <laughs> <laughs> every time when someone well my friends that come into my house right they do comment about my fridge. My fridge is nearly older. It's pretty much, I think it's like 20 years old. Mm. Nearly older than I am. Oh my gosh. Because my mom bought it when we first moved to that house, which is 20 years ago. And if you do open my fridge, like the shelves are kind of broken. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much like just one giant box. And then we just try to stack everything on top. Yeah, the shelves are non-existent. They are non-existent. <laughs> but it's just... Not a lot of people in my family, so we don't eat. We, there's not much like we don't need much in our fridge. But when we got to um, Harvey Norman, my mum went crazy. She's like, "I want to feature like water. I want to make sure I can get <laughs> ice on the dots." And she's like, "I need a better, have a very big fridge." But I have to really small. We can't even fit it. Mm. And she's like, "We can't afford this, and it's going to be too big." She's like, "It's okay. We're going to knock down this. We will get rid of some cupboards." She's going to have to pay it. After <laughs> 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 but instead, I kind of told my mom, we need to kind of like dumb it down a little bit. Like, let's just go with something good, affordable. So we ended up buying a Panasonic fridge, which is really good fridge from Japan. And I actually did, I was just reading up some like information on Panasonic. Mm. They have sold 80 million fridges around the world. 80 million fridges? 80 million fridges. Are you serious? That's, That's a, a lot. lot of fridges. Can you imagine? Well, I guess every everyone is a fridge. True. Oh my God, they must be so rich. I thought Panasonic was like, was like a dying tech brand. No, nah, not in <laughs> Japan. They're like the top range. I shouldn't know. It goes Mitsubishi for fridges. I know a lot about fridges now. <laughs> and then Panasonic. But the ones that are only made in Japan are the ones which are like five grand and they're really, really wow. bushy. Well, I have a Samsung fridge. The it's ice it. thing doesn't work. It does not it's work. It's a brand new fridge, guys. It doesn't work. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean like it, it does its job, I guess. Mm, but what news have we actually missed out Wait, this week? We went week? to Colin. You've got to talk about Colin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. We did go to um, Khalid. Uh-huh. It was wow. I loved it because honestly, because I've been following Khalid for the longest time. Um, ever since he released his, before he released his first album, um, and I remember watching a video on YouTube about um, how he was, you know, do, f- promoting his new album, right? And he was mm. in the video, he was doing an interview with all his friends. Um, and I, I like how like at at the concert it seemed like nothing has changed with him. Ooh. He's still very grateful to be to be performing everywhere yes. around the world. Like when you watch him perform, it's, he seems like very in the moment. And like mm. some singers where you go, they kind of just doing their thing and just get off stage. Mm. Um, but yeah, I really love that about Khalid. It was good. The songs were amazing. The only thing I can say was like, because I go to a lot of you know we go to a lot of pop. Mm. female concerts and they put on sh- like they have like 10 outfit changes oh yes and they have like floating things that come out from the floor mm-hmm. which like i don't know and then th- flying things everywhere so this concert was pretty good so it was in one of the biggest stadiums in melbourne but i feel like it kind of lacked something there like kind of wait well, you commented and saying how the f the effort for male performance are very low like he had no costume changes oh yeah he did have no costume changes when we went to like Ariana Beyonce little mix right they had like four or five costume changes yeah Yeah. which is why I feel like the standard for women in pop star and pop music and the standard for men it's so unfair Mm. so so unfair but the good thing was he came on time because he had no need to like get costume change mm. so that was good good thing about it but you did commit the the biggest crime at a concert why what did I do I, I saw you shazamming a song at a Kali concert <laughs> <laughs> like you're at a Kali concert what other song could it be no cause 
to be honest, I'm not the biggest Carly fan. I do love his music. I only hear his music on the radio. And I heard this music where I was like, what is this song? This is actually pretty good. And I pulled my phone out and put it, you know, just held it out. And I just put it on Shazam. I was like, well, I don't know no, what this song is. No, but you're holding it out. You're trying to hide it. Because <laughs> I think you're embarrassed that you're Shazamming at that Carly's concert. <laughs> but other than that, it was a great concert. It was. Let's take a live look now outside. Ladies and gentlemen of America. Ariana Grande lick and spit on the merchandise. There can be a hundred people in the room. Lady Britney alone. Catch me outside. How about that? Rise and shine. China. 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 So, Tom, we're going to do something a bit different today. We are. Because I feel like every week we always run out of like time and I want to get across so many other news. Mm-hmm. So, what I thought was I thought we should do try doing um, some topics that during the week that we might have missed and share it with you. So, I'm sure you're across this, but <laughs> <laughs> the very first item I have is Pussycat Dolls are reuniting after 10 years. I heard. Yes, the gays are clapping. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a lot of Instagram posts like a lot of people were sharing this because they were so excited for them to come back mm. but I was disappointed because they're only doing a tour though they're not like uh, doing a new album are they coming to Melbourne? Um, I think only in Europe at this stage I see right but yeah but I'm really excited they're performing on um, as we're recording today on Saturday they're doing a live performance on X Factor UK tomorrow oh, are all of them going to be there? yep all of them except for Melody <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening with her is she the one that's Tries to over oversee. Yes, that that famous YouTube <laughs> video where she's like trying to like do her run. runs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like. But what's interesting is that there's a lot of like hype around the Pussycat Dolls re- reuniting, right? But previously, I don't know. Most people didn't know, but. Uh, the Pussycat Dolls were getting paid on a salary, mm, but Nicole was, Nicole. Nicole was getting royalties. Mm. So I wonder if that's going to be the case. To be honest, I reckon things have probably changed. Mm. And for them to come back to support Nicole, to be honest, Pussycat Dolls, it is about Nicole's Scherzinger. Yeah. It's quite nice of them. And it's good that they can put their past behind that to kind of mm. come together. I think we do need like the Pussycat Dolls back. Like We do don't we? really have the, it, like a girl band right now other than a little mix in Blackpink. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be great to have them back. True. Uh, but in other news, CL is also coming back mm. in the K-pop world. So I'm so excited. I'm like the biggest CL fan. Do you think she's going to break into the US though? I think she's. I think she's learned her lesson. I think she. She's done a lot of interviews saying that she realized the American market's a lot harder than she she thought it would be. Um, but I think she's just going to be doing her K-pop stuff mm. um, and then let it take off organically, like mm. how it was for BTS and mm. Blackpink. But which I think is. The smartest move. Um, but I'm really excited to see who she signed with because she hasn't announced who she signed with because she's left YG now. Um, but I think a lot of people want her to go to Size Record label with Huna and stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I saw an Instagram video that she was actually working with um, Brian Lee. Yes. You- I love Brian mm-hmm. Lee. What kind of songs have Brian Lee written? Havana. Think- he wrote um, Good Time for Kylie Rae Jepsen. He worked with Lady Gaga. Samantha Jade. <laughs> Oh, uh, yes, Samantha Jade. Yep. Um, he also worked with a lot of Post Malone stuff. Pretty much a lot of the hits that we do here, a lot of it comes from Brian Lee. And he's probably the first American Asian, East Asian person I've seen actually make it on the global scale. Mm. And they're also having dinner with Post Malone as well and CL. Oh, yeah, there was a photo of them like, having dinner together. Mm. So it's, I'm so excited. I wonder if she's going to do a collab with Post Malone. Most likely, to be honest. But she's dropping her, um, her new music on Wednesday, which is the day after this episode goes to air, Ooh. guys. So make sure you check out Stream Our Queen. Um, Your queen. My queen, yes. <laughs> but I was wondering, because all the 21 girls, they're not signed to YG anymore. Um. And so when um, CL opened her new YouTube channel, Dara and stuff were all tweeting about it. So maybe... Maybe 21 members will reunite 
come out under a different name because obviously they can't use 21 anymore because it belongs to YG, right? Oh. But imagine if they all came back together. Come out as 22. 22? <laughs> oh my God, 22. Or the average age of them now, which is like 31. <laughs> Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but let's see what happens. Yeah, but anyways, check out CL when her new music comes out. And the next topic I have for you is about RuPaul. So oh. RuPaul has been did an interview with Vanity Fair, and he's opened up about his open open relationship with his husband, Georges Labar. Did you hear much about this? No, I did not. So he's done an interview saying how he... He's been with his husband for like 20 years now. I think so, yes. And so they kind he's of... Re- Australian? His his husband's Australian. Yeah. Yep. So they met at a New York gay bar Mm-mm-mm. and he's kind of like, um, the, like his RuPaul's husband is like taller than him. What? And RuPaul's, RuPaul's, and RuPaul's like crazy tall yep. already. Um, so Ru, RuPaul saw him and he was like, wow, this guy's tall. Mm. And he went up to him and he's like, hey, can I please put my arms around you? Because you're the first guy I've met where you're taller than me and I want to, I can actually put my arms around my you. My goodness. So that's how their romance started. And they've been together for 20 years, mm. being super low key. I think they live in a farm. On a farm, uh, yeah. My but goodness. when they when they're not filming anything, RuPaul and him go back to the farm and like, wow. yeah, they have a very low key life. But he's done this interview saying how he didn't want to put a restraint on his husband because his husband wants to be in an open relationship and explore himself. Um, but and he says that his mon- his he says monogamy is a hoax. He said that. Wait, let me quote him. I don't want to get this wrong, but I wouldn't want to put a restraint on the person I love on this planet. He told Vanity Fair. Listen, if you get something that you cannot resist and that is going to make you happy, go for it. Because the truth is, I know in my heart, in the hearts, I like I've known anything else. The man loves me more than anything else in the world. That's genuinely beautiful. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about open relationships? Well, <laughs> I mean, to each of their own, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if people want to do poly relationships, monogamy relationships, I mean, if it works, it works. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, for me... I am not a polyamorous person. I'm a monogamous person. Mm, yep. I'm very jealous type. So obviously, and to be honest, I'd be so scared of like STIs, you know? Yeah. I mean, like I'm sure they've, they've reached some rules and barriers like mm. around this arrangement. Maybe mm. they can only go with people who they both know maybe. It's, Cause it's I, I, scary. Because I know a lot of couples who have a third person in their relationship. Yep. And it's not just a gay thing. It's mm, both hetero course, yeah. and gay um, where they have a, <laughs> it's really funny. They have like a WhatsApp group chat mm. and they all talk to each other like they're dating, which mm. is crazy. But I mean, like as I find it as, as I grow up older, I feel like you kind of understand why people do it. Mm. Um, personally, I wouldn't do it, yeah. but I can understand why other people would do it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I find that my, my views on it is changing. And I feel like we live in that day and age where, you know, we have Tinder, Grinder, whatever, and it's all about... Hinge, coffee meets bagel. Yeah, we have, there's so many options out there and you're always going to feel like you're not, you know, you're not finished yet, mm. like finished looking because you know out there is like going to be 10,000 people on Tinder waiting to be swiped. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a little bit sad to be honest because, I mean... Obviously, if people are open to do different things and it's consensual, but we need to point out first that polyamorous and polygamous are very different things. So polyamorous is, it's between, let's say there's three people, it's between those three people. None mm. of them are actually going to go out. Yeah. A monogamous is between two people and it's within the two groups or two people. And polygamous is when it's like an open relationship. Mm. So... It's, I guess whoever, if you want to do polyamorous relationship, if you want to do polygamous relationship, just make sure that you're not breaching 
your terms and conditions, I guess, <laughs> or what you guys kind of said, and just make sure that people are doing it safely. Because the worst thing that could happen is that you catch something and you pass it on to your partner without even knowing. Mm, but I think like they both reached a point with, of their relationship where they completely trust each, trust mm, each other. Yeah. Um, which is yep. good in their own way. I think I think maybe that brings them closer together. Maybe. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like if one of our listeners are in in a polyamorous mm. relationship, we'd love to hear how that works. Mm, that'd be quite interesting. Yeah. Maybe we can get you get them on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the next topic I have for you is some tragic news. Um, K-pop singer Guhara from Kara and Godfrey Gao tragically passed away this week. So mm. this has shocked the Asian community because they're both very prominent figures in the Asian community. Um, Guhara was in the second generation girl group um, Kara, which has made a big impact on Huge. K-pop groups. And Japan as well. And Japan. Um, they had hit songs like Mr., um, what else songs have they had? A lot. There's so many. Um, but we spoke about this earlier about Sully's you know, the episode mm. about Sully. Um, but this kind of just reveals there's so much issues going on in the K-pop community. And just like, if you want to hear us talk about it, go back to the episode about Sully's episode because we did touch on that. Um, but she's been going through a lot personally because she she's close friends with Sully. She is close friends yeah. with Sully, and that really affected her a lot. But that wasn't. I mean, just to be clear, they haven't confirmed how she has passed away, mm. but she's been hospitalized a few times this year for attempting to suicide. Um, she's had a lot of issues with her ex-boyfriend as well, who um, secretly filmed her and them having sex. Oh, um, shit. Tried to blackmail him. She took him to court, um, but the judge found him not guilty. So Disgusting. It is. And it, it's the Cape, the Korean society justice system and I, and lots of places around the world favors men and not women. Mm. So uh, it's, it's people don't realize that the K-pop industry is so cutthroat. It's hard to survive. Mm. We've seen so many people commit suicide in the last five years, and then now moving on to the Chinese industry, where you know Godfrey passed away due to stress. Yep. He was on a sports show, mm-hmm. and. For him, he he is abs, he's fit, but sometimes even if you do have abs, you have muscle, it doesn't mean that inside, mentally, Correct. your heart, it doesn't mean that you're 100% healthy. So yeah. people who try to achieve his look, you may be striving for death as well. Yeah, and I do think, you know, he is someone like you least expect to, you know, to mm, have a heart attack. 100%. Because he looks like, you know, the healthiest person in the world, um, but people are saying it's due to stress and overworking. And he has been working very hard. He's been trying to break into Hollywood, trying to also have a you know build his career in China as well, in Taiwan as well. So definitely, I think mental health in the Asian community is really important. And he's done so much for the Asian community. He's he was he like the first male supermodel, right? Yeah, he was the first person to actually be on. I think it was Vogue. I could be wrong, but he to be on the major magazine outlets yep. he was the one that led those asian men i even i when i was 12 or 13 years old if you just type in really good look looking asian men that you aspire to be mm. his face pops up as number one yeah so it's shocking as a representative for a lot of asian men and women who aspire to be like him passes away at such a young age yeah definitely um but the last and final news the simpsons final episode will reportedly air next year and this is after 30 Ooh. years and 600 episodes so, composer Danny Alfman, who's one of the original composers on the show, has said in an interview that he's heard that the show is coming to an end. Oh. Which is a bit sad, right? Wow. <laughs> it's like an end of an era for us. This is the longest sitcom, running sitcom, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. And the longest like show, pretty much. Wow. 30, if it finishes next year, it'll be 32 seasons. Wow. Which is crazy, right? 
I feel like the Sim- I've grew up with The Simpsons watching it. A lot of people in Australia, we grew up watching it at 6 p.m. every single day on Channel 10. Yes. And this was every day for five days a week after school. Mm-hmm. And we knew The Simpsons for the, at least for the first 16 seasons back to front because they just kept rerunning and rerunning it. And it's, it's such an iconic show. It is. Everybody wants to be Bart Simpson, except <laughs> for me, I want to be Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been watching it on Disney Plus. I didn't tell you, but I signed up for a trial on Disney you Plus. Did? Yeah, so I've been watching it secretly. I thought you were going to wait till like Lizzie McGuire comes back. I am. Well, I was waiting, but I saw that they had Simpsons, so I had to go and like watch a few episodes. Oh, right, yeah. But you know what's going to be sad after Simpsons leave? There's no going to be anybody else to predict the future. That's true. (laughs) Maybe Family Guy might be the Family Guy. So, on to our first segment, an essay published by Next Shark has the incident in tears after writer Kathy Powell opens up why her family has kept her brother's death a secret from her grandparents. So, Powell's older brother was a defiant from a young age and regularly got into heated arguments with their parents during his teenage years. He also had several run-ins with the in-laws for selling weed, which eventually led him to run away from home. One fateful day, after living from his car and frequently visiting a fast food joint for samples, staff at a venue were concerned and called the police. He was eventually shot by the police and passed away. Powell's heartful essay talks about the guilt and conflict she had after being told by her parents to keep her brother's death from her maternal and paternal grandparents who lived next door and in Taipei because they couldn't handle it. Powell's essay started a discussion about the culture of Asian families hiding their shame and showing a peachy family life instead. So what do you actually think about this article? Well, I think this article has resonated with so many people. Um, I was reading the comments on this article, Mm. and a lot of people were saying how they see this in their own families, like how their parents are so caught up with feeling ashamed. Because Kathy's parents... They pretty much didn't want to tell their grandparents because they didn't want to, you know, expose their son's, you know, history of the law, you know, trouble the law and stuff because that reflects mm. on their parenting skills. And I see that in my own family as well. Like, they, anything I do, my mom would be like, you know, be careful, people might find out if mm. you know they do that. You know, if, if you did that, what would people think? So when you first came out to your parents, do you feel that did your parents say don't tell anybody else? Or? Yeah. So initially, when I came out to my mom, like. I was like literally boiling my eyes, right? And the first response I got for her was like, what would my friends think? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> Such a typical Asian response. Yeah, I'm like, are you serious? Like, I just told you like, I'm gay. And like the first response you can have is, what would my, like, what would my friends yeah, think? Yeah. I'm worried about what she thinks because she's mm, my mom, right? And yeah. I was like to her, the only thing that matters to me right now is what you think. Mm. Like, I want you to accept me for who I am. Mm. But the fact that she was worried about what her friend thought, I was so upset with her. And I remember that time I was like to her, I was like, if you don't accept who I am, I want to go and like kill myself. Oh my gosh. And I don't want to trivialize like, like, you know, suicide or anything um, because I'm, I'm not a suicidal person, but I think at the time I just want to get a message across. Were you just being dramatic a little bit? I wasn't being dramatic. I was I was exaggerating what I was saying, but I wanted to get my point across to her. Like, wow. me or your friends? Like, who is more important? Mm. Um, I was only 18. Maybe it wasn't the best way to approach it. Um, but I think that might have put things into perspective for her. And what did she say after that? She said, you know, like, you're my son. I love you no matter what. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, she doesn't acknowledge it, doesn't really talk about it. Even up to this day now. 
yeah, after Thursday now, wow. which is a bit sad. Yeah. Um, but I think it's good that I've got you know it going mm. in the back of my mind for it to start mm. accepting it, and mm. making you know a moment to do that. Yeah. But I see that in like all my friends as well. Like when my f- one of my friends came out, his parents literally kicked him out of something. Like kicked kicked him out of home, which is because they were embarrassed, like mm. like ashamed. And to be honest, what goes through your mind? Would you rather have a gay son? Or would you rather have a, an estranged son, you know, cut them up? I don't know where they are. Your people are going to question anyways. And the Asian community, they talk, aunties bitch about each other all the time. Mm. And word within the family and even this, like the outside of the family, it just spreads around. So mm. it's not even that. It's just like, I think just Asian people in general, maybe I don't know about other cultures, but in Asian culture, I see a lot of parents trying to put their best look forward mm. and i see it with my my family as well like um my my, my mom's friends have businesses and bakeries and stuff like that and they love comparing with each other mm. um and like in the world of retail and the world of you know owning your own shop you're not it's not always good days there's always good and bad days but every time we would ask our family friend how their shop has been doing even during like a slow retail period they'd be like oh no oh my god so busy like we couldn't keep up like they put extra stuff on and then I see my mom do the same thing she's like every time like even if the business is like having a bad moment she's like oh no it's so busy and like oh my gosh (laughs) and I see that it's definitely like a thing when Asia culture where you want to be better than that person Mm. it's even with my mom too right it's like even when it comes to studying grades what job you're going to get it's like they just talk so much shit to each other and they're just so scared about what their brother is like they're like oh do not tell if something something bad happens with the family they're like do not tell anybody this my sisters my brothers cannot know like i saw this post on sort of asian and it was hilarious it's like my parents value um what their parents their brothers and sisters and what they everybody thinks of me more than my happiness i was like that is so true it's so true (laughs) and like like part of the whole studying thing you know how people joke about like how asian parents forces asian kids to like study med or like Mm. you know like engineering whatever part of it is so that they can brag Mm, brag to their friends yeah. yeah i mean it's cute and all like shout out to all the healers in the world and even we just had brunch with Sarah, amazing, brilliant girl, extremely hardworking. And she, you can tell that she is a medicine doctor. You can tell that she was born to do it. Mm-hmm. But there's so many people out there who I've seen who get into med, who get into health or engineering or accounting. And you can just tell that that's not how their brain works. Yep. That when they get into that field, they're not, not passionate about it. They're not passionate about it. They just end up quitting like, their job like you did. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like a waste of time, like all that you're studying. Like, and now, I mean, how many, how much thousand dollars am I in debt, you know? Exactly, yeah. And another thing, just going back to this article, right? The fact that, you know, I'm sure it's hard to tell your grandparents that, you know, for them to tell their parents that, you know, their son has died. Mm. But for them to make their children lie and everyone else lie around them, and make this life bigger and bigger and bigger is just like really selfish. Mm. I'm sure they're great parents. Like they've in this article, if you read it, they've done everything to help this, you know, help their son to get on the good path. But they just couldn't take the last step of just like honoring him who as as he is. Mm. Like as his grandparents, right? His grandparents are gonna be like, why is my grandson not coming to visit me? Why is he avoiding me? And then they're gonna have this negative, you know, opinion on their grandson because of these parents. I guess it all comes down to would it's better it's easier i'd say to put a blame on somebody else who i guess who's passed away then can't speak then just to tell the truth and ultimately 
your son, especially in Asian families, they're they're everything. Your firstborn son, you know, they that's also true. They have yeah. to hold the last name. They pretty much get the most money. They get more gifts, more favored. It's just something of being a boy and being Asian. And if you lose that, and your parents were so, your grandparents were so traditional in that sense, it was going to hurt them as much as they hurt the parents whose child has died. Mm. And I just feel like, what is the solution to any of this? Like, are they just waiting for their parents to pass away and not realize that their son has passed away? To be honest, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, like, this is the same thing with, um, I know a lot of people who who are gay or have a secret that they don't want to tell their parents and like, I'm just going to wait it out until they my parents get old and like pass away. So sad. It is a bit sad. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like from your experience, right? Do you feel like you had a lot of like a weight on your shoulder or? I feel like yeah, telling my parents about it, it lifted my whole weight off it, you know. I was able to be open to my parents more and being, feel more comfortable at home, which is really important. It's just so much easier to be open and honest. Mm. And I I feel like yeah, if you want to read this article, definitely read it because it's such a touching article. Mm. And what's also like the fact that Kathy publishes on Next Shark where pretty much everyone's going to see yeah, it. Yeah, she must have like so much weight lifted off mm. her shoulder. I was actually mm. thinking about that when I was reading the article. It was like she must feel so much better telling everyone i wonder if her parents know to be honest about the article about the article <laughs> to be honest i don't think they do so when they probably do see it and it, like eventually they will mm. shit's gonna go down in the powers family so good luck with that kathy coming up next why is the prime minister of australia tweeting about cricket instead of the catastrophic bushfires happening in australia And we have some exciting new recommendations for you. But first, here's a word from today's sponsor. So, on to our next segment. And Tom, I know you don't really know much about Australian politics. I do not. Like, literally, I just asked you in a car the (laughs) other day. I was like, do you know who Scott Morrison is, who is the Prime Minister, right? You're like, what's Scott Morrison? (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, Australian politics, right, the last person that I imagined or who I knew was Prime Minister was probably, like, Kevin Kevin 07? Kevin 07. Yeah, and, and like, Kevin 07 was, like, how long? Like, 2007, right? I think so. And since then, I think we have, like, we've had since since then, like, six or seven prime ministers, which is, like, an average of, like, two prime ministers, like, one prime My minister every two years. Goodness. Which I is think, insane. I think I've just, when it comes to politics, I just black out. Like, even when I go vote... I don't know what I'm supposed to vote for. I don't know what the difference between Liberal and Labour. Oh, my goodness. And when I actually went to go vote, right, Mm -hmm. the first time I went to go vote, I didn't know what was Liberal. I didn't know what was Labour. So I Googled it, Mm -hmm. and then... I, it said liberal means you're liberated. So that's when yep. you're a pro-thinker. <laughs> so stupid me votes for the liberals. And that's when I find out, shit, they're actually the ones who were actually conservative, conservative people. I mean, like, it's fine if you want to vote conservative. Uh, but I like, it's like <laughs> as a crash course for those who don't know who are in the same situation as you. So I guess like, do you know about the left and right thing? No, I do not. So right is, the right side is considered like the conservative party. So people who... I guess, like, less progressive. Is it, like, kind of Donald Trump vibes? Well, yeah, Donald Trump is part of the Republican Party. They're on the right side of politics. I see. Yeah. So, on the right side, you've got liberals and you've got, like, um, what's her name again? The racist one, Pauline Hanson. Pauline Hanson, yeah. She's, like, the very far right. I see. Like, she's very, far she, right. She's more than far right. Yeah. Like she's off the charts. She's off the charts, <laughs> yeah. So, then you've got Pauline Hanson, you've got um, Liberal Party, and then you've got, like, I, th- I don't know if there's a centre party. I think there probably is. Is that the Greens? The Greens is very far left. 
what's so a, what's a sex party? Sex party is probably like really left as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then you've got like labor, which is in like left but n- central left. So they're not as I see. Not as like very left. Not very. Pro- not as progressive as the Greens, I guess. But I see, still yeah. pro- very progressive. But anyways, I want to tell you a story about the bushfires because mm. obviously Australia has been dealing with very bad bushfires over the past mm. few weeks. The worst in history, actually. Um, we've burnt through 1.6 million hectares of land, which is a lot oh, of shit. land in Australia. And it's gone to the point where koalas might be ex- extinct now. Because For real? For real. I think they predicted, forecasted about 300 koalas died in the bushfire. <gasps> and so now they've, I think they've become functionally extinct, which means that the numbers are so low that it's hard for them to reproduce right now. So now that now that that's happening, they kind of have to get the scientists, get the environmental people who come to kind of breed them again, uh, which is tragically it's very sad, obviously. Um, but then also the bushfires in, during the bushfires, um, we've lost four lives and more than two hundred homes. Oh. So I think the cost of all of this is like in the hundreds of millions. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's, is it still ongoing. I think when it was released last week. The it's like when you look at the graph of how hot Australia is, yep. everything was red. Yes, just last week we had a really hot week last week, mm. and literally the map was it was terrifying. Yeah, like the whole of Australia was like burning because mm. you could see a little fire symbols of where the fire was, and there was I think there was about sixty fires around Australia, like wow. they were uncontrollable, which is crazy to think about it. And you know what's the scary part is that we're not in summer yet; we're mm. only in spring. So can you imagine if we're in summer, how crazy it's going to be? Yeah. And Australia, here gets really dry. It's very different from other parts of the world. Our summer, it's just hot and dry. It is hot and dry. But I'm going to tell you a, a story about our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. Mm. ScoMo, as he likes to be called. He is kind of like... Wait, sorry. Is he far right or far left? He's in the Liberal Party. So he's like the right side. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's not as like really far right like Paul Paul yeah, yeah. she's like I don't know she's probably so far right she's probably in New Zealand by now she is so far she's in China <laughs> <laughs> where she hates <laughs> oh my gosh but anyway so our Prime Minister ScoMo he's kind of like a very uncool guy but mm. he he's trying to be very cool right mm. and he goes by the name ScoMo so he likes mm. to be called ScoMo he signs every tweet with did ScoMo. he give himself that nickname he actually did. So that makes it uncool. Oh. <laughs> Rule for number one nickname. You yeah. do not give yourself the nickname. You do not that. And oh my God, when he first won um, the election, right? He tweeted a picture of his family um, mm. to kind of like paint the picture of him being a family man, right? Oh. And he uh, tweeted out this picture of his family with his kids and his wife. And what happened was in the photo, you could see he photoshopped sh- like shoes on. What? <laughs> he photoshopped runners on so he could look like a cool dad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Why so, didn't he have any sh- like shoes on in the first place? I think he maybe he was wearing like like boots or something. Like, But he wanted to put runners in to look more like down to earth, oh I guess. Oh my gosh. <laughs> have you heard about doing you know, an Ali Brooklyn face harmony? Yeah. Sarah photoshopped her foot. So she had two left feet. What? What happened? On her, like, on this, like, an album, like, poster, right? Yeah. Because they're all barefoot. Someone photoshops, like, the person who photoshopped Ali Brooks' feet gave her two left feet. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's why she's on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> um, but anyway, on to more serious news. Um, so at a time where, you know, we should be doing more to prevent, you know, the fires and the mm. bushfire season, um, you know, scientists have been warning the government for many months now that bushfires are going to come super early this year. And they're only going to become worse and worse every year with, you know, climate change being a real big issue. So 
after all these bushfires, our dear Prime Minister had some very heartfelt, you know, tweets to send out to the whole of Australia. What did ScoMo say? ScoMo tweeted, thoughts and prayers. ScoMo. That is it. ScoMo. He did not acknowledge... You know, the the firefighters who yeah. are on the line trying to push, put up the fires. Do not acknowledge, you know, the victims who have been through this horrendous, you know, experience. All he did was thoughts and prayers. And he's done nothing to, you know, to make, you know, change law, create a bill to, you know, to, to you know, to, you know, tackle climate change. Is that Scott Morrison? So I'll be a picture. Is that, oh, yeah. is that what he looks like? Yeah, that is him. My goodness. Yes. This is probably the first time I've ever seen him, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but as you can see on that page, he has... Um, following that tweet, he tweeted this very tone death tweet. Um, so it's about cricket. He's like, going to be a great sum of cricket. And for our fight, firefighters and fire impact communities, I'm sure our boys will give them something to cheer for. And this was during while the bushfires are happening. My God. How tone death is that? Look, are you surprised? He's so far right. Yes, is it? he's far, far right. right. Not, not far right towards China. <laughs> <laughs> but he is far right. He gave himself his own nickname mm-hmm. he photoshops a sh- running shoes on his own feet mm. are you really shocked that this is coming from scott morrison he is like so out of touch with people i think he is a person who is not in touch you know with everyday people his he used to be in other parts of government where he's made some very controversial decisions mm. um i can't remember from the top of my head and i don't want to get, say something wrong so i want to mention it now but mm. he has said made some very controversial decisions as being a minister of other things um but in the new south Wales government um it's run by the liberal government which is his party yeah so he doesn't run the state government but in the state go- in new south Wales state government where the fires are happening They've cut the budget for the fire and rescue by thirteen million dollars, and he also they also cut twenty seven million dollars towards the offices of the, new, the rural New South Wales services, which is run by volunteers. So instead of tackling climate change oh and, and acknowledging it, they've cut the budget for something that's going to get worse. There's so many facts that lead to like- exactly, and all the scientists, all the experts are telling them that you know this is getting really bad, guys. We actually need to actually tackle climate change. Mm. But Scott Morrison and his government has come out saying that there's no links between, you know, the bushfires. You know what I reckon? I reckon he's just like a lot of other older people and they spend their time on WhatsApp listening to what has been shared. From the Chinese aunties. From the Chinese Chinese aunties. He probably gets sent so many messages on WhatsApp and he's probably on YouTube late at night looking at conspiracy theories. I am a little bit conspiracy theorist myself too, but Mm. it's obviously real. Like, look at the corals, you know? Yeah. It's like, they give us so much ox- oxygen, and I think a while back, what happened was um, someone actually made note that you know our corals are almost almost dead. Mm-hmm. If they're almost gone, so much dramatic things, a lot more catastrophic things are going to happen after that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too political, but I did think about this, and I could be wrong. I'm not like a political expert, but I was thinking about this. Like, so mining and natural resources are like Australia's biggest export. Yep. And our biggest export, we make the most money out of this. Like we send to China and everything. Yep. So, there's been a lot of controversy in the Great Barrier Reef about the mines being approved there. So, they want to mine on the Great Barrier Reef, which means that we're going to lose our Great Barrier Reef. And so, I was thinking, if they acknowledge that climate change is real, right, they are going to not be able to approve these new mining sites, which means 
less money for the Australian economy, and that looks bad on them. And then the next election comes, they won't get re-elected. You're onto something. <laughs> I don't think I'm onto that. I'm pretty Do sure you have like, your tinfoil really hat on right now. Yes, because that actually makes sense. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. No, that actually makes sense. I mean, like, if if correct me if I'm wrong. So if someone's listening and saying I've got the facts wrong because mm. I haven't researched this, yes. this just came to me as we were speaking. Um, but yeah, it just makes sense. Like, if they were to acknowledge climate change is a real thing, then we have to cut back on our mining. Yeah. Because that is causing lots of damage to the earth. And there's so many different ways that we can actually start, you know, being using renewable energy. Mm-hmm. Look at Tesla. Like, even though that guy's a little bit like semi crazy, he's onto something, you know, at least he's trying his best. Like, his cars may not be that, that new Cybertruck may not be like the <laughs> best thing in the world. I think it's cool to be honest. <laughs> very like Batman y. It's very 240p, like it's from YouTube. Like, it's very. <laughs> that graphic needs to be upgraded, yeah, it, mate. It looks like the car hasn't finished like, loading. <laughs> <laughs> But to be honest, like at least he has a, that visionary mind, and these people that are um, that little girl who was pioneering, even though people Greta say that Thun- she's Greta, Th- Greta, Thun- is Gre- Greta Thunberg, Thunberg or something. Sorry, yep. we just butchered her name. Yep. But even though a lot of people are complaining that she's not doing anything much, at least like you know she is voicing her opinion in her own way. I'd mm. say, and there's so many other ways that we can live. We can try to use less plastic. We can try to you know save on so many things. And it's so sad that we are led by governments which does not share the same beliefs and views that we do. Mm. Do you feel like you learned a lot about politics today? I did. Just like the last 10 minutes. I know mm. everything about Scott Morrison now. Honest, I didn't know much about Australian politics. I, I've, I haven't been following. I've been following a lot more American politics. I just follow pop music, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I, will, I will fill you in as, as I learn new things, I guess. <laughs> You should introduce this one because I always sing with recommendation time. Well, it's recommendation time. (laughs) Okay, that's pretty good. Not bad, not bad. I'm not going to sing recommendation time. Six out of ten. (laughs) Six out of ten. Um, But yeah, what are you watching or listening to this week, Tom? Well. I know what you're going to recommend. No oldies. You have to recommend something new. Because you were going to recommend... Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. No, you cannot. You have to recommend something new. Why? Because they probably like watched it already. No. No, I mean, like, people who haven't watched it can actually get into Fine. it. Fine, all right, then. Go recommend it, then. Um, okay, there's... my One of my favourite trashy TV shows of all time is Rural Housewives of Beverly Hills. And who, those who don't know what it is, it's a bunch of rich bitches who create drama in life, who I live vicariously through my TV screen, but it is the most messed up, dramatic thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Later seasons have been very good. But if you guys are wanting to watch, go back to the first the first seasons. So I don't want to glorify, but you know, the first seasons, there's domestic abuse, there's suicide, mm-hmm. there's people yelling at each other. And now one of the main cast of the first season, she's making a meme comeback. You know that meme where her name is Taylor, she mm-hmm. has really big lips and she's like she's like yelling, she's like, ah, <laughs> and then the cat has like a salad oh, yeah. <laughs> in front of um, um, the bowl in yeah. front of it. That's where it originated from. Uh, but there's no there's, cat. There's a lot of memes that comes from um, that franchise. They do. It's like a meme generating franchise. <laughs> I think that one and New York has a lot of memes. Mm. But the reason why I love this show so much, so much is because something about it has so much... It's not also the drama as well, but it's more that there's so much craziness but still lots of ethics behind it too. Mm. You find that like those rich people have like 
the most basic problems. They do. <laughs> they do. Yeah. And it's so hush-hush in the Beverly Hughes community. Like, oh, you can't say this. You can't air it. Once you air it, if you air dirt on me, I'll air dirt on you. So that's always like, that's what always ha- what happens. Yeah. And that's like the Cold War. You have a bigger gun on me, I'll throw my big gun on you. So if you guys haven't checked out Real Housewives of Beverly Hughes, it's mm. one of my favorite TV shows. But what would be your recommendation this week? Oh my god, I've been waiting all week to recommend this. Okay, but it'd be good. It's not kind of be like another business app. It's not, 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 not another business podcast. Um, <laughs> but it is a Korean drama. I don't think I've recommended a Korean oh, drama yet. Oh, this is different. Yeah, so this Korean drama is is on Netflix. It's a co-production with Netflix and one of the Korean um, networks. Mm. So it's called Vegabond, mm. and it's starring Lee Sung-gi, which is like the nation's like little brother. Do you remember him? He's been in like a lot of um, Korean dramas. Keep talking while I Google. <laughs> Google, yeah. And it also features Miss A's Susie. Oh, um, and yes. I've grown to love Susie in this, um, this drama because her acting is really good. She's been in so many dramas she is. though. And she's like so pretty. She's probably one of the most naturalist wow beauty I've ever seen yep, in my life. Definitely. And I and I like what I love about this drama what I love about this drama is that so Lee Sung-gi is um, a stuntman. So he's like he doesn't he used to do a lot of stunts like Jackie Chan and stuff like that. Oh, but he's from Big Bang. He's not from Big Bang. Hey, he's not? That's summary. Oh, who did I Google? Let me Google it for you. <laughs> oh my god. Um doing a live search right now. Him. Oh my gosh, I was off by one letter and yeah. probably someone else. He is um is a South Korean actor, singer, host, and entertainer known as the Ballad Prince. Okay, keep going. He did a song with IU, I think. Oh. Yeah. From another drama? Probably. He's been in a lot of like hit dramas, but so he his character is he is a stuntman who no, no longer does stunts because um, he got into an accident, right? And so he's been looking after his sister's son, who's about ten or eleven. And then so this son, he got an invitation to go to Morocco, and then by the government, right? So he was he was on his plane with his um, I think it was like judo class, and then what happened was on that plane there was a terrorist attack on the plane. <gasps> And so the plane went down, and then everyone on that plane. Question: How did was how did they play that terrorist person in the in the? That's a great question. So it wasn't played by and your typical Muslim person. Oh. It was actually the terrorists were done by a Korean um, person and a oh. Korean organization, which is great. So they didn't play into the whole Muslim thing. Mm. But so this plane went down, and so he wants to know. Like you know, what's happened? Why did this plane go down? And he realized he found a video that exposed the terrace, right? Wait, mid flight. Yeah. So what happened was this is a very very high tech flight, but his um, nephew filmed something on his phone and then it uploaded to iCloud or something like that. Mm. And then he found the video on iCloud, and then in the video he saw that that he saw the terrace's face, and then. He bumped into that terrace on the streets and he recognized the face. This is like some slumdog millionaire thing that's going on right is now. It? Yeah. <laughs> but, going. but anyway, so he realized that that person survived a crash. So that he was must be the terrorist. So then he realized that this guy is a terrorist and he bumps into Suzy's character. So he, they work together and they uncover all this corruption in the government, the South Korean government. And it's just <gasps> a great action thriller. Wow. Yeah. Well, that concept's actually pretty good. It took me a while. I was trying to wrap my head around it, but that's just not bad. It's a great drama. And what's great about this drama is that Susie's character, typically in like in the Korean dramas, right? The female character is always like useless. 
Yeah. But in this drama, Susie is actually like a heroine. Like mm. she does so much for this Korean drama. And it's just great to see a female character not being that typical useless character. Yeah. And I think it has something to do with Netflix because Netflix has so much data on like what people like to watch, right? So they must have been like told the Korean production coming to that. She cannot be useless. She cannot Make be useless. Make her do some shit. She's more than just a pretty face. <laughs> oh, that's kind of cute. Yeah. Does she have a singing moment? No, she doesn't have a singing <laughs> moment, no. But it is a great drama. I'd like, watch it. Like, mm. I think we should watch this after. I'm, I'm like seven episodes in back in, in the rundown. <laughs> Look, you can watch it while I keep editing this podcast. <laughs> All right, then. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend checking out Vegabond on Netflix. Netflix. Yes. All episodes are out, so you don't have to wait for it. Ooh. And if you're into a reality TV show... You guys should look up Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like, if everybody who asks me knows that this is one of my favorite TV shows, so check it out. Well, that is all we have time for today. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe or follow us on Acast, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. You can also see what we're up to on Instagram at Lemon Podcast or join our Facebook group at The Lemon Community. This episode was produced by Kelly Ung and Philip Cooch and sound engineering by me, Thomas Tan. We'll be back in your ears on Thursdays with another In Conversation episode. We'll see you back later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.